Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Lou Bernardi, and he is with Bright Path. Welcome, Lou. Thank you. How are you doing, Lee? I am doing well. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Bright Path. How are you serving folks? Uh, so Bright Path is an independent insurance agent here, uh, agency here in New York. Uh, this is our probably our 25th uh, year in business. And uh, we, we go by the name, uh, the, the DBA of Bright Path the past uh, few years, because that's really kind of serves as both our our uh, our call to action, our, our benefit strategies, and uh, we wanted to put that out there front and center. And then your role there uh, at Bright Path, I know you're a founder, but you also are called the Benefit Optimization Officer. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So Benefit Optimization Officer, I coined that phrase uh, within the past year. Um, you know, I was a general agent for about 25 years, which uh, essentially means I was a broker's broker, helping other brokers serve their clients, uh, employee benefit needs. And, you know, I just really, you know, I, want, I wanted to rebrand myself and I wasn't happy with the terms that most people use, broker, consultant, advisor, because I really didn't feel that that fit, fit what I was trying to do, which was be more of a, uh, you know, something almost like an outsourced CFO. I want to be that outsourced BOO or BOO that works very closely with HR directors CFOs, CEOs, I like to call them benefit decision makers because there's some there's some tricks to the trade and tools and and knowledge that they they simply really can't get on their own. I mean, you have to really dig deep, and so that, that's really kind of serves as a rebranding for myself, and it's uh, it's taken off. And it sounds like it's kind of almost a mindset shift in how you're viewing your organization in terms of it's not a. Um, the services in the transaction. This is a relationship-based um, service that we're partners and trying to really help each other uh, symbiotically, you know, get to a better place. Yeah, you know, it's even more than that. I, I tell people all the time, it's uh, it's taken me 30 years to get five years of experience. About five years ago, I had the, uh, uh, almost by accident, came across the prices, the prices of healthcare versus the cost of healthcare. And I was pretty surprised. And I realized pretty quickly that, you know, there's a lot of deception in healthcare and health insurance. The consumer is completely left in the dark, although there are some new laws that, that mandate transparency. It, frankly, the, the healthcare systems, the hospital monopolies that exist in most cities like Atlanta and here in New York, they're not complying and they and they they benefit significantly by keeping the consumer in dark in, in, you know in the dark and you know we want to expose that i'm i'm part of uh, uh, several different organizations that are really committed to uh, creating a more formed consumer both of the employer and and their members you know they when when you when you purchase insurance from your employer you're called a member but when you go out and use it you're a patient and patients don't have any clarity either so is one of those organizations Health Rosetta? It is. Uh, Health Rosetta, Aspirational Healthcare, Talent Champions Council, Free Market Medical Associations. These are all different organizations that are similar in nature. They, they are um, 
They are made up of benefit advisors or booze like me, um, as well as thousands of solution partners, TPAs, insurance payers, healthcare systems that are really committed to, um, you know, helping to create a more informed consumer uh, that can that can help to drive down prices instead of this perpetual pay more, get less than we're, that we're used to. Now, as a business owner, you have a lot on your plate just from that. Why was it important for you to get involved in these kind of associations and organizations almost for the greater good of the whole ecosystem? Um, I, If it weren't for organizations and the collaboration that I get, the sharing of knowledge, the sharing of experiences – this would be going so much slower than it is. You know, the, the honest truth is that there's a lot of people more advanced than, than me and my agency. They're, they're throughout the country. Um, and we get together virtually. We get together several times a year in person. And we, we share stories. We share successes mostly. What's working? Who, who Which of the vendors actually can perform um, to their promise, right? At the end of the day, this is about making sure that the consumer is is getting better uh, access to healthcare. That that they are able to identify where the best care is. We want to be. We we understand that we need to be extremely proactive about that. It's not about just giving people a website and saying, "Here, go here and look for yourself." You know, the, the consumer needs assistance. It, it's been twenty five to thirty years of grooming. And dummying down a consumer where we just simply, you know, even myself as a, as a healthcare user, we act differently. We accept that there's no information. We don't do that in any other aspect of our lives. So these organizations help really speed up that um, the, the ability for us to help our clients and prospects achieve better results. Now, you mentioned that in the last few years, uh, there's been a noticeable shift. And can you talk about, like, the difference between today and five, ten years ago? You know, unfortunately for a lot of people, it's not much different. But for those people who are um, aware that these conversations are happening, you're not going to get these from the status quo. You know, there's so many misaligned incentives in health insurance and healthcare that the people that most trust to help them make these decisions, they're not digging deep. They're not finding alternative solutions because their compensation goes down. And that's, that's a big part of what we do and what we're committed to in these different organizations is complete transparency. Uh, including compensation, but you know the, there definitely are significant signs that change is happening uh, throughout the country. If you, I'm, a, I'm also a Forbes Business Council contributor, and when I talk to those people who follow the money, they can see behind the scenes at where investments, private equity money is going, and all the signs show that there is a real huge shift happening behind the scenes in healthcare. Um, and whether the consumer is ready for it or not, it's going to happen. I think more importantly, five years from now, uh, the choices, the plans, the, the type of services and expectations of the consumer are going to be ex- very, very different. Now, um, there's a quote by Jeff Bezos that says, um, your margin is my business or something along the lines of that. 
Is it uh, happening because of technology and just the um, more and more transparency that it, if there's a lot of margin or there's a lot of what um, technology might deem as waste or ways that uh, and margin, I think, is the fairest word that there's ways to squeeze some of that out um, with the advent of technology and sharing data and and um, ultimately for the consumer, I would hope, get better outcomes in less time. Technology, really, yeah, technology is absolutely at the forefront of all of this. One of the, you know, you, people argue all the time about the Affordable Care Act, but one of the real good things about the Affordable Care Act was the mandate of and the release of information on all claims, both from private and, and you know, public companies. So we can see using that data and, and technology companies are the only one, ones that can take those billions of claims and make sense of them and, and help point people in the right direction. But what they really exposed, and because of the transparency legislation that's already started, um, it, it's not about margins. It is absolutely um, un- unfathomable what insurers and the healthcare system, and particularly on the pharmacy side, what they've gotten away with is hidden profits. I, I, I tell people all the time, I kind of kind of um, explain it as if it's an English muffin. On the outside, it's nice and flat. It's got some cornmeal on it. You know, it looks like one thing. When you cut it open, all of those nooks and crannies are where hidden profits, unreported income for the healthcare system, for the insurance carriers, for the pharmacy benefit managers. Their way of doing business is really disgusting when you think about how the toll it's taken on businesses and their employees and um, it's not stopping. You know, the, the, the data now will become more publicly available. And I think that the health insurance and the, and the health care system, there's signs that they're starting to turn on each other because they know someone's going to take the fall for what these prices will expose. And they're actually trying to become one another. Insurance carriers are getting into the healthcare business by acquiring different entities and health and health care industry is getting into the insurance business. You know, they they know that these hidden profit centers are going to start drying up. And their goal, obviously, is not to lose that income. They need to replace it with other forms of income. And so they're kind of cannibalizing each other. Now, I've heard some stories when they start kind of making it visible, some of the pricing, that like one procedure at a hospital could be hundreds of dollars, and then in the same state down the road, it could be tens of thousands of dollars. Or like you're saying with the uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, the cost could be pennies, and then the charge could be thousands of dollars. It, it's so disparate. Now, the the people who are charging a lot, uh, especially the pharmaceutical companies, saying, look, we have to charge a lot for the winners because we have so many drugs that don't work out. And, and part of the R&D, we're investing millions and millions of dollars. So we have to have some wins in order to incent us to keep playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you say to to that? Well, there, there's no question that it costs a tremendous amount of money to take a medication to market and that there's many that they invest, you know, billions of dollars probably into that never go to market. And, and, and we have to give them that, right? We want to advance medicine. Uh, there's, there, there's no doubt about that, but the, 
the other ways that they are manipulating the prices, that they're manipulating the formulary drug lists to maximize profits, uh, something called rebates, where pharmaceutical manufacturers will pay a rebate, a significant, we're talking in some cases, tens of thousands of dollars per month that goes back to the pharmacy benefit manager, which are owned or, um, or are owned by insurance carriers. They're basically the middlemen. A pharmacy benefit manager is really the, the, uh, the, the broker for medications. Um, they're getting significant rebates. They're keeping part of it. They're passing, uh, let's say, 70% of that rebate back onto the insurance carrier. That's unreportable income. So common medications like Humira and Stellara, they're twice what they need to be. And there's no, there's no reason for that, right? If, if insurance companies in the healthcare system really were trying to do what their main page of their website is, uh, work in the best interest of their patients and their members, that wouldn't be necessary. You can make a really good living being an insurance carrier or the healthcare system and still do it in an honest way in a transparent way and win business because you're working on the best interest of your members and patients. Now, do you think that also some of these challenges we're having in healthcare are that there's a lot of regulation around things like, um, you know, the amount of hospitals in a state that's very regulated. They tell you how many they can have and how many they should have, or the ability to get drugs over in other countries and then come here. I mean, there's a whole industry now of people traveling to other countries to get medical procedures done because it's so much less expensive in other countries. Mm-hmm. Well, medical tourism definitely is it's big business, especially for really large employers that self-insure and have a little bit more flexibility and say where the, you know where they're because they're paying the claim and uh, you know there's no there's no question that things can cost more money here in the U.S. because of regulations, um, but th- there's there's I'll give you an example because we have access and some insights that most people don't. The whole healthcare system has evolved so significantly. It used to be independent doctors, independent hospitals because they needed leverage over the health insurance companies who were kind of nickel and diming them with their fee-for-service rates, they needed leverage. So they merged initially horizontally, hospitals merged with hospitals, and then they merged vertically. They had to take over other parts of healthcare, all the way down to the gatekeepers. And now they use those primary care doctors, those, those poor primary care doctors who are, who are really suffering just as much as employers and members, and, and, and there's a significant shortage because there's such little money in primary care, and they, they pay such a, they are such an essential part of healthcare that's missing today. But they use them to drive people to where they can maximize their profits. So at a hospital, something like an MRI that costs about $200, their self reported cost, they will charge five, six, seven thousand $7,000 for. And only because that number is completely artificial, your typical insurance carrier gets, let's just assume, a 50% discount, and they want $3,000. So you have to charge six to get three for a $200 procedure. And as you mentioned before, right next door, there might be an independent facility that would perform that same MRI for six, seven, eight dollars $800. And if you're paying cash, it could be as low as three or $400. The truth is, the cash price can be significantly less if you call in advance and say, hey, I don't want to use my insurance or I don't have insurance. 
But if you just show up and you go to that hospital where you're typically going to be driven or steered towards, they're not going to feel bad sending you a bill for $7,000, whether you have insurance or not. And that's, that's just wrong. The consumer needs to know, especially for things like radiology, um, where they can get the most bang for their buck. You know, the, the, the health insurance plans that so many people are walking around with today are not the five or $10 copay variety that they had 20 years ago. You have families walking around with $14,000 deductibles that are still paying a, a pretty significant amount out of payroll to have the privilege of having the responsibility of paying their first $14,000 of their family's health care expenses. That's, that's just not acceptable to me and so many other advisors in the country. And, and we really want to make a stand and do something about that. So um, what can people do to help? Uh, people, um, employers, patients, they have to demand more. They have to, um, they have to challenge those that they trust to help them make these decisions. The focus has to be taken off of insurance. The problem is that the consumer has been groomed to think there's nothing they can do about it, that the claims are the claims, and that what they're doing is they're buying insurance. You're not buying insurance. You're buying access to health care for your employees. That's the investment you're making. And when you stop thinking about the insurance and you start thinking, am I getting the right health care? And you have that conversation with your trusted advisors, you're going to find out really quickly if that person even knows what you're talking about. You know, when you go shopping for a house, you're not buying a mortgage. You're using a mortgage to finance the purchase of that house. When you're buying health care for your employees, you're financing it with the insurance. And that's the way the mindset of the employer has to um, change to. And if you're a patient, you have to ask first. You have to be your, your advocate. And you have to understand that the healthcare system is built right now under the managed care fee-for-service model to maximize profits. That's not to say doctors are bad people, but they're, they're great people. They, don't, they only get about 26 cents of every dollar of what's spent on healthcare. And that's, that's just not acceptable. Yeah, this is, I mean, we've created so much complexity in the system and, um, and unintended consequences of actions over the years. It's just a really difficult challenge to navigate today with almost, uh, you know, almost having to blow it all up and start again from scratch. Yeah, you know, the truth is, is that if you have the pr proper plan design that's built with incentives, you know, this is, this is not something every employer can do, depending on your state. You can't self-insure, but you don't have to self-insure to still think of yourself as a consumer and use technology and apps and, and, and build a plan that rewards people for making the right decisions. There's, there's tons of companies, and we work with several of them, where your, your typical high deductible health plan that an employer might fund with an HRA type of mechanism, right? Because they want to pay less insurance and they're willing to make a bet that their employees healthcare costs that they would have to fund is less than that, you know, premium savings. So there'll be a net plus um, you can wrap something around that and give your employees a tool and incentivize them in a positive way to use that resource that is going to point them not to where the care is the cheapest, to where the quality is the best. And the hidden secret within healthcare is that the best care costs less. It really does. Uh, you just have to be willing to have that conversation and start thinking about yourself as a consumer and challenge, challenge the whole system. 
That's that's what will change. You know, when the consumer takes their business elsewhere, those people that hold the reins have no choice but to change with it. And that that's uh, that's that's imperative. So how uh, if you look into your crystal ball, how far away are we from having a healthcare system that works more efficiently and effectively? Um, I mean, it's it's already happening, but, you know, just not quite for for quite enough people as possible. Um, I, I believe that the, the managed care networks and the carriers that you know today, we call them the BUCAs, the, the, the large five insurance companies, uh, they will be operating very differently within the next five years. I think that it's possible that networks will disappear again and that insurance carriers will go back to being the payers of healthcare, the processors and the administrators, just like what a TPA is to a self-insured employer because the, the value that insurance carriers uh, are, are um, providing today just isn't there. And they'll be challenged by the consumer who's going to want to see that transparency and their, uh, their pyramids of wealth that they've built are going to start crumbling on them. Well, uh, it'll be thanks to folks like you who are kind of looking out for the greater good and being part of organizations and associations that um, kind of have their eye on a, a true north that's helpful to um, more and more people. Absolutely. Thank you. And if somebody wants to learn more about BrightPath, what's the website? Uh, website is www.brightpath, that's B-R-I-T-E-P-A-T-H, dot com. All right, Lou. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode of Association Leadership Radio. Mm-hmm.